Yes. Yes, Diane. Oceanic. <laughs> it's a fine theme, isn't it? It is a fine theme. A fine theme. It's 8.04 a.m. Saturday, May the 18th, 2019. I'm Bill. I'm Diane. It's the Bill and Diane Show. <laughs> it's been kind of erratic lately, hasn't it? Well, you know. Yeah. There was no show last week because we were... We were at La Push. We were at La Push. We were out in the elemental essence, the uh, the, uh, the the primordial soup, listening to the crashing of the waves, and <laughs> reading books. And <laughs> reading, reading, reading. Sleeping, sleeping, sleeping. Yep. Enjoying, enjoying, enjoying the wild country on the edge of the map. Yeah. Yeah, it was good. That's where we were. That's why there was no show. Now, we've done a show out there before. We have. Uh, we've done a couple, at least. Done a couple of shows out there. But boy, oh boy. I tell you, folks, it's a full day's operation doing a show out there because the you have to go to this special little cabin that's got the Wi-Fi, and it's not what you'd call speedy Wi-Fi. They don't have that little room anymore. They don't even have the little room anymore? Remember the last time that we checked our emails... We had to do it outside on a picnic bench. I thought it was because it was... They've changed into an office. The changes. Wow. Wow, Diane. So we don't even try. Yeah. One of the nicest things about going out to La Push is that... You're disconnected. We're disconnected. Yeah. We figure that the only thing we really need to know about is if there's a tsunami. I got myself a cup of coffee here and I'm going to take me a sip. And they've got sirens there locally that will give us as much warning as being connected would give us. And uh, there's only one road out, so everybody knows where to go. (laughs) I was telling one of my friends about our trip, and I was saying, you know, when when we first went out to La Push, we were doing a lot more, like we'd go out and collect rocks and driftwood and Mm. stuff like that. I think we still do that. I think the springtime trip is different than the fall trip. I think the fall trip is where I feel more like being out in the elements because there's usually more elements to be out in. And, you know, I always get my new pocket rock in the in the fall and stuff like that. So, I don't know. Most of the spectacular uh, photos that we've taken at La Push have been in the fall. Yeah. Which is a time where a lot of people won't go. I think the one thing to know, though, is that a lot of the spectacular pictures are brief interludes right. between... Between weather systems. Weather systems, yeah. 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 So that you have this incredible rain and, you know, driving rain, and then all of a sudden this gorgeous... Uh, sunset will open up. and Sunrise or sunset. It's just yeah. amazing. Yeah, it's true. It's kind of crazy, but it's it feels uh, appropriate, you know. And, on so many levels. But it was a lovely time. I think I had like two days of re-entry when we came back, where I was just like, you know, because I think I get into like a perpetual meditative state out there. And it's easier and easier. The more times we've been out there, the quicker I fall into it, you know. Oh, me too. And uh, so it's, but it's a wonderful uh mind place to attain and 
you, you know, you, it takes a couple of days to kind of adjust to the fact that, that you really don't get that when you're local, when you're back in the midst of your busyness. Unless you have a dream, the uh-huh. kind of dream I had the day after we got back. Yes, Diane had a dream. That I walked outside of our condo and then <laughs> it was just the, it was like the rocks on the shore and the ocean was coming in, not, not like a tsunami, not in mm. any threatening way, right. just in a beautiful, gentle way that the ocean may do at the shore. And I was looking up and I saw this beautiful full moon it looked like a painting of the full moon. It didn't look like the sky of the full moon. But it was just so beautiful and so big. And I was calling, Bill, Bill, come and see this. <laughs> and then I, never, I woke up. And I never showed up. Oh, you woke up. I woke up. Yeah. I was probably, you probably woke up because I was like, ah, I <laughs> Pardon me, I'm going to have another drink of coffee. <laughs> what did I I'm asleep. <laughs> you boy. Good coffee. You weren't asleep or, when or I get could, it. Or you could say, Bill, Bill, come and look at this. All you hear in the background is. <laughs> <laughs> Louder than the crashing of the waves. <laughs> anyway. I felt like I took a little bit of the ocean with me in that dream. That's cool. I'm glad you had that. Uh, you know, I, I, I often think, wouldn't it be great if we had transporters? Because then we could just go whenever we want. We could go to the beach every night and see the sunset. But then it wouldn't be special, you know. It well, was like not I wonder... only that, but half the thing is the journey going yeah, out to La Push. That's true. That's true. I've told people because a lot of times when you they all, people will ask how long does it take to get out there, and I'll say it's it's about four hours or so. Tops. I think. Yeah. But of that four hours, part of it's waiting in the ferry line. Uh, getting, going on the ferry, on the ferry, which is n- always a pleasant experience. Always, always a, a pleasant experience. Yeah. I love taking the ferry to places. Me too. I I used to just go on the ferry as a foot passenger and go when they when you were able to go back and forth without getting off. Mm-hmm. I used to just go and stay on the ferry for a while. Yeah. On a nice day. Sure. And listen to the ferry boat musicians. <laughs> yeah. I did that a few That's times. That's true. I've I done that. that a few times. Yeah. Yeah, so it was a good trip and uh very kind of, you know, nourishing on many levels. Always is. Yeah. So that made it a hectic week here in Lake Amphetamine. And I was reading some pretty wonderful philosophy while we were out that there. That's I was right. Reading you were reading Alan Watts. Alan Watts. Yeah. I have been a huge fan of Alan Watts for a long time. I discovered him by accident, really, uh, just because of recommendations made for books I might like from looking at the reading, you know, the whatever that algorithm is that they say of you'll like this book. Right. And it brought up the book on the taboo, the book on the taboo of knowing who you are, I think is the title of the book. And I'd just gotten it because it was part of the algorithm. I thought, oh, I've heard of Alan Watts before because I had, he, I always saw quotes from him in various books that I would read that had little side notes or whatever. And that book just totally changed my it was a life-changing book. 
in a lot of ways. But thereafter, I found his recordings, uh, and I started just listening to him more than reading his books because it's quite entertaining and edifying to listen to Alan Watts's audio recordings. Right. And so then (laughs) when I was talking to my friend Chris at work, he was saying, oh, yeah, I know of that. I know of that name through this website I like called Brain Pickings. So he sent me a link to uh, one of the, and there was only one of the books that the Brain Pickings was talking about. They had done many articles on Alan Watts. And the one that he sent me was The Wisdom of Insecurity, uh, a message for the age of anxiety, I think it was was the subtitle. And I thought, wow, that's Age of Anxiety. That's us. I think I'll get that book. And it was, once again, a mind-blowing book to read. Written in 1951, and yet the same uh, situations at hand that he was talking about. Cool. I read it aloud to you a little bit, too. Yes, you did. I recall that. Let's see, I read uh, a novel called Bowl Away, which I liked very much, which I'd heard about on Bookworm, one of my favorite podcasts, a little 30-minute podcast hosted by Michael Silverblatt from KCRW in Los Angeles. And uh, really liked that book. I read, uh, the first one I read was The Doctor and the Dreamer, or The Dreamer and the Doctor by, uh, I think his name is Nisbet. He lives in Spokane, anyway. So, a book about kind of Northwest pioneers and of one kind or another. Really, really good book. Very interesting. Very different than the kinds of books I normally read. A lot of it was about botany, and uh, but it was really well structured and and you know read like a novel almost. And then I read uh, Lawrence Fernland Getty's late book, latest book, which is called Little Boy, which is kind of a semi-autobiographical kind of screed by, by Lawrence Fernland Getty on the verge of turning 100, which he has since done. And uh, so that was an interesting variety of different kinds of things that I was reading. And I was reading a lot of Jack Gilbert, too, because Jack Gilbert seems to s- speak to me uh, quite profoundly right now. So I also read uh, That Good Night, which is Observations of palliative medicine Mm -hmm. I think it was called the subtitle was something about medicine in the 11th hour Mm -hmm. very interesting book Uh, much like being mortal Atul Gawande but uh, Atul Gawande's book I think was somewhat uh, better researched and and hers uh, Sunitra Puri, I think, was the author's name. Hers was more of a a personal account, which was fascinating. I loved the whole book. And I started to read Umberto Eco. Foucault's Spendulum. Yes. yes. I'm still reading that. It's pretty thick. Pretty book. dense. Pretty dense. So, that there therein lies our book report. Yeah. Yeah, it was quite nice, and there was 
lots of napping. And, and lots of conversation. Lots of conversation. And, you know, you nap during the day and you still sleep well at night. That just it is indicative of the fact that you're getting a better kind of rest uh, because you're, the body seems hungry for it, you know, whenever we go out there. And I think one of the best things that we decided a couple of years ago, and I know we've talked about this before on the show, is to, is to not take movies with us because we used to take movies and we'd watch movies on our computer in the evenings you know, after it got dark. And, and uh, I think foregoing the movies and just taking books has been a great uh, advance E- evolutionary advance in our I feel like we've been honing experience. our vacations to be the perfect <laughs> vacation yeah. judging by the stack of books that each of us had that we've been saving up to take out there and oh, this would be a good LaPush book <laughs> this one is like this would be a good LaPush book I really want to be fully in when I'm reading this, this book it's like, I'm going to save that for LaPush it's true. It's nice to have that. Kind it's of true. We mindset. do kind of stash away books for La Push. Yeah. Now you didn't read the one I wanted you to read. Guy. Which one did you want me to I read? I wanted you to read Life Work by Donald Hall. Oh, I didn't even know that. That's what well, you would because want. Because it sat over in the basket over there. Because it was probably oh, that's right. Months and months ago that I mentioned it, and you said, oh, "I'll take it to La Push." I've read part of it. Well, oh, that's hey, that's hey, 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 <laughs> hey. <laughs> Uh, I don't want to dictate your reading list because you have a, you are on your own own tack in what you're pursuing, and uh, that's good. I have found that reading has become a a coveted activity in a way that I never thought it would have to be. Mm-hmm. When I was a kid, I read all the time. Yeah. I would read uh, on the weekends before I got up. I would read in the bathtub. I would read everywhere yeah. because uh, there was more free time. But now, uh, because of work, you have this amount of a period that you are deeply concentrating and reading all that time. And so a lot of times when I come home in the evenings, I'm not really interested in You don't in have the reading. bandwidth anymore. You don't, yeah. have the, don't have the mental capacity for it it's very but I interesting do, to know uh, I do love reading yeah. and I found my taste when I was young I used to always just read novels and now I find that my tastes uh, have run a lot more towards uh, philosophy like Alan Watts or uh, these books about right now I'm really interested in books about um the last stages of life. The last stages of life, aging and dying. And I'm fascinated by those books and get involved in them right away. And and the I do enjoy the novels, but I'm finding that my attention is sometimes not as drawn into the stories as they are into these, uh, these more edifying books. I don't know. It's been very interesting to that me to see that. That is interesting, Diane. Well, it's been yeah, interesting it to see the, the change. Yeah, it's an evolution. So anyway, we got music. We got music that's oceanic. And may I say the reason why we're having this music? Oh, yes. I am a huge Water Boys fan, yes. as I, is Bill. Yes. And... Yeah. Uh, I have liked them on Facebook. Uh, 
and all of a sudden in my Facebook feed, I saw that that the Water Boys were going to be in Seattle at the Neptune Theater, which is across the street from where I work. And it's a smaller theater, and I was thinking, oh my gosh, this is going to be great. They're coming out in October. So I had it on my calendar to uh, buy tickets on the day that the ticket price, uh, the tickets were going to open, which was yesterday. But in the meantime, when I was uh, contacting Kat and John to see whether they'd be willing to go, I was trying to get a little bit more information about the venue, and I found out that the Neptune Theater, for some of the concerts, many of the concerts, has standing room only on the main floor. For standing, there's no seating on the main floor. Right? Yeah, there's there's no seating yeah. on the main floor, and the there is seating in the balcony, but there it's general admission, so you can't be assured of getting one of those seats. Right. So it dashed my expectations and hopes to the ground. But instead of mourning it, I decided to just listen to more Waterboys, and, and I was water, listening to Waterboys this week, yeah. and that's why we were thinking but it's, about this. But it's also just kind of dovetails nicely with the whole uh, La Push trip in, oh, my, in my mind and in my body because there's something about uh, Waterboys music that is like it gets all the all the water in your body kind of churning yeah in, in, a, in a wonderful kind of way part of the effect of their music is kind of primal we have often featured them on the show yeah uh, because one of my favorite songs in the world in the entire universe from any time <laughs> is fisherman's blues I just love that song. I still think This Is The Sea is my favorite. And This Is The Sea is another one of my favorites. But we have featured them in, uh, we've done several of their songs. I certainly love The Stolen Child, and we've done that in the past. So we were listening with a view to, well, let's put something different in. And we discovered an album that I didn't even know existed. An Appointment with Mr. Yates. And, man, that was an exciting discovery. So it almost made up for the fact that we won't be able to oh my go to the concert. Yeah. Because we discovered something new. Yeah. It was done, uh, that recording was done in 2011. So we're going to feature a song from that album, Mad is the Mist and Snow. And uh, also uh, The Hole of the Moon from This is the Sea. This is the Sea. The Water Boys.
Shutters for the foul winds blow. Our minds are at their best this night, and I seem to know that everything outside us is mad as the mist and snow. That everything outside us is mad as the mist and snow. Horace by Homer stands. Plato stands below And here is Tolly's opened page How many years ago Were you and I lads Mad as the mist and snow Were you and I lads Mad as the mist and snow Cicero and 